Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight down the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight, I'm joined by Shay, and Shay is joining us all the way from Austin, Texas, and she sent me an absolute ripper of an email. It's not every day that we get someone who has had... Uh, uh, basically, a uh, childhood growing up right next to Wright-Patterson Air Base, uh, which is very well known for basically being the Roswell uh, crash retrieval site. So, Shay, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me. It is super cool to have you on because, like I said, this is that that's like the holy grail for UFO activity. And you got to grow up basically right next door to it. So... And, yeah, and that's not even. Like I didn't the... quite know the. Yeah, I didn't quite know the history of it, but yes, I, I definitely. Uh, it was interesting growing up there, and uh, it, that's really the the tip of the iceberg of, uh, I guess, the the craziness and the unusual aspects of your life. Because I guess growing up next to to that, there would have been a lot of Chinese whispers kind of going on uh, in the in the city of Hey. Is there an alien on this base? Is there not? <laughs> did you did you yeah. find that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And long before I learned about the uh, Area 51 crash and um, the, yeah, I'm going to use air quotes, the, the rumors that the wreckage was brought there. Um, growing up in, in, in elementary school, um, and actually I spoke with my mother even, and my mother grew up with, my mother grew up uh, in the town just over, also very next so Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is very large. It goes from, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually two towns. 
it's one of the larger in the country. Um, so my mom grew up with these rumors as well. So as in elementary, I, I just uh, I would hear from kids, and it was always a you know, a lot of the kids I went to high school, or excuse me, elementary and high school with had uh, parents in the um, in the Air Force. So everybody had a story of oh my grandfather saw the frozen frozen alien on the Air Force base, and <laughs> you know, and. It was very commonly discussed and known that there was there was an alien on that Air Force base, and um, and I remember hearing, oh, it's in it's in Bunker B, and, you know, or something like that, and it, but it was just it was just common, and you couldn't find anyone that hadn't heard that. I mean, and I did. I yeah, you know, I was kind of as a child was like, oh, that's you know, oh, that's scary, you know, as you do. It's kind of a. You know the Crybaby Baby Bridge. Every every uh, city's got one. But yeah, yeah. Growing up, yeah, growing up, I actually uh, I was like, oh, uh, there actually might have been one <laughs> or two. I actually heard two growing up. There was two of them. But then later, it narrowed down that one one had been uh, destroyed in the crash, and the other one um, lived. And that was the rumor as a child. So as an adult can imagine the eye-opening moment you'd have when you're like they took wreckage from a ufo crash to the air force base i grew up next to and incidentally i grew up with these rivers and that's not you know i live next to an air force base here now in texas and i have not heard a rumor of an alien being on that one so it's, it's still early it's still early you yeah. never know <laughs> <laughs> that's right I you know I I I actually asked people. I remember telling someone, a friend of mine who grew up here. I was like, so, you know, I was like, did you ever grow up with any? Do they think there's anything on that? And she, and she, I mean, she had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like, oh, God, I grew up with this rumor, this rumors about these an alien on this base, and turns out that rumor's been there for since my mother was in school. So, you know, uh, it may not uh, be a rumor uh, given the date of Area 51's, uh, you know, the wreckage being brought there. It's it's you know. a rather a rather exciting way to to kind of grow up through through a childhood to have such a I guess a monumental part of UFO history be just part of your folklore like your town's kind of uh, boogeyman yeah. story. But um, talking about a perfect segue, which that one was, you have and had an encounter with a boogeyman <laughs> when you were rather young. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's what I called him. Um, and I, I don't, I had, had no other name. So uh, this would have happened before I was five years old. And the reason that I know that is my parents, I had young parents. So uh, we lived in an apartment and uh, I guess it was, it was like a, a duplex, which I don't know if y'all have them over there, but they're, basically it's a long house that has been constructed into two livings, two uh, separate family homes. Um, so then it becomes an apartment duplex. And um, I lived in one of those. And what's odd about it is the, the human memory, uh, your formative years, they say, you know, happens, you know, five years and younger, which is, you know, interesting because I shouldn't have such vivid memories of this place. And I do. Uh, I can I've actually sketched out exactly what it looked like. And uh, this would have been pre five years old for my mother to see, you know, and she it kind of creeped her out. Um, just I knew exactly where each you know, where the couch was, where the TV was. And uh, <clears throat> I think the reason that, that place has burned in my memory is because um, I used to. So it started when I was so I was I had a younger sister who came when I was uh, three and a half years old. And 
I'd say prior to that, because I do remember the first sighting being before the crib was in there and in my room. And um, I used to see these entities um, and I called them boogeymen. I had no other word for them. And they stood about, and I'm gonna, this is from the perspective of an adult. I would say they were, they were about my height. Um, so they maybe would have been three feet tall, you know, two to three, two something, three feet tall. And, um, they were, uh, they, the, te- the skin was, uh, I have no other way to describe it. Their skin was gray. Um, although they don't match the, the, uh, descriptive of grays, um, um, that people have encountered. And they had these, uh, very large mouths. And I actually drew them out, um, one time and they had these very large mouths and what they would do. And they started by coming to my window at night. So when I would be laying in bed, if I looked directly up there, you know, I could see the window and, um, I used to see them come to the window and they would scare me. I remember screaming. I mean, I, I don't. I can't believe, I can't imagine what my mother was going through because I would yell, the boogeyman, the boogeyman, boogeyman. Now, where I got the word boogeyman also was another thing my mother's like, I don't know why you were calling him that. Um, that I was, you know, and so what they would do, they, they started by coming outside of the house, but what, what started happening is they started, uh, I started seeing indoors and inside the house and they would smile and they would have these big, big mouths with these very large sharp teeth and it would I just oh I mean I can still see them and that's kind of the weird thing about it um they would just chill me to the bone I would scream hysterically and point at nothing my mom would say all this all the time but I can remember them and uh, I actually I remember a time probably the most vivid time of seeing them uh and I might have been four maybe three and uh so my mother, <clears throat> now this is back in the 80s, so my mom was out in, uh, in, our, in our parking lot, and she's still way out in the sun, you know, as people used to do to uh, get a suntan. And I went out, out, out the back door and, uh, you know, I was talking with her, probably whining to her about something, you know, and uh, she, she's like, oh, you know, would you go inside and get me a glass of tea? My mom used to make this sun tea and uh, all the time and and so I was like okay yeah and I remember going into the kitchen which there was just a screen door that separated uh you know the kitchen from my mom you know just on the other side of it laying out in the sun about a few feet from the door and uh I went in and I poured the tea and I remember so <laughs> we had these uh cookies um like up in the uh cabinet and I could push the chair up to the ledge uh, of the the counter and climb onto the counter and open the top cabinets to get these cookies. And I thought I was going to be slick and do that. And um, so I, I climbed this uh, this counter and I opened the uh, the cabinet to grab a cookie. And I heard heard them behind me. And I remember I used to hear something, but I, I can't recall what the sound was. I would just hear something when they were nearby. And I turned around and there were three of them. And that was the other thing that started happening. So they started coming in threes, which was a little uh, just notable. And what they would do is when I turn and look upon them, they they smile at you. Okay, now that they, and I know this sounds crazy, but they they do. Their smiles are not pleasant, though they're very scary. And I remember yelling at them um, to get away, to get away from me. 
And my mom coming, I mean, I was frozen on this counter with, you know, a little Debbie's in my hand, screaming at nothing, you know, to an adult's mind to get away from me to go. And my mom comes running in and, you know, and I'm like, I'm trying to get down off the counter, you know, into the chair and I'm a little child. And she's like, oh, you know, and I don't really recall much after that. I just, you know, as far as what happened but I remember that's how I remember seeing them that one time and screaming at them and my mom was like you used to scream and get upset and then this one time I was screaming angrily for them to get away and um I remember telling my mom about a girl about someone named Lydia now this is interesting Lydia which was not a common name in that time um it was after the movie Beetlejuice released but that would have been much many years later (laughs) Um, there was a, and I cannot remember what Lydia looks like. I have no recollection of what she looks like. But my mother said I started talking to someone named Lydia. And I told her that Lydia told me to yell at these things to get away from me, and they had to. And so I find it interesting. So then my mom would say, she said that Lydia followed me everywhere and that I would be in my room and I'd be playing with Lydia, and she could tell, you know, that I was playing with Lydia because I would be in this. Hot, you know, and, and you know, laughing and giggling versus being terrified and screaming. So, um, Lydia, I believe, was my my protector from these things. And um, incidentally, my niece, my brother's daughter's name is Lydia, which is just wild. But um, I describe my mother to her as having long dark hair and green eyes, and uh, but I have no clue what she looks like. But I can remember these boogeymen. And they they would they kept coming, and I would keep yelling at them to get away. But at first, I would just scream hysterically and run and hide. And um, yeah, they would they were there the entire time um, until the day I moved. And the day that I moved, uh, I think was actually the biggest attack that they did on me. Um, and I remember this vividly because my grandmother, my mom's mother, came to help us move, and I think she was just watching me and my little sister while my parents moved into the new house. And I started seeing them everywhere. Um, and I remember uh, in, in the house the day of, and I just, they were everywhere I turned. And I remember screaming and yell, you know, and going to my grandmother's car and, you know, and just hiding in there. And she came out. And I think I remember, the only thing I remember my, my mom saying to my grandmother was like, I think she's tired. But what's, crazy as I wasn't tired at all these things were just tormenting me because I was leaving and I remember being in my grandmother's car this is the most vivid memory I have of that day I remember sitting in my grandmother's car because I was too afraid to go back into the house because I kept seeing them in, in the old house and I felt calm but then I started feeling like bugs were all over me and, the, and I started thinking I was seeing bugs all over me now that's but they weren't you know and so I started brushing myself off, you know, and kind of hysterically and jumping. I jumped out of the car again, you know, mind you, it's parked. She was in talking to my mother, but, you know, so I was just sitting and waiting in the running car. But I jumped out and I remember shaking myself off and taking my shoes off and like telling my parents that there were bugs on me. And they're like, there's no bugs on you. There's no bug. And I was like, I need to take a shower or give me a shower. Like, because I could see them. But I remember my grandmother be just being like, what is I mean she was what is happening now my mom's kind of become a little bit more accustomed to this behavior of me kind of freaking out you know and I just remember being like I need a shower I need a shower because I was convinced there were bugs everywhere although I could see them but there weren't there were no bugs on me it was just you know 
this weird attack um, that happened from these things. But I saw them constantly, um, all the time, and it ter- it absolutely terrified me. It, um, it genuinely yeah. sounds like these things were just there to torment you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I didn't I didn't know what they were. I didn't, you know, I even in my you know growing up. Up until I was about 19, did I find out what they possibly could have been? I just thought the house was haunted, you know, like as in my childhood, because I didn't see anything in the new home that I grew, grew up in. It, it was literally, it stopped at that place. And um, I was 19. I was actually getting a, I was getting a tattoo in, uh, in Seattle, Washington. And um, I was talking to the tattoo artist and uh, she was telling me that she, and I believed her. She was telling me she had uh, some psychic abilities, and she said, "Oh, and it started." I said, and I said something to her like, "Well, when did when did it start? You know, or how did you know, or whatever?" And she goes, and she we, she stopped tattooing and took her gloves off, and she goes, "When I started seeing these things when I was a you know when I was a kid," and she show, she flips her sketchbook open. Now, this is I, you can imagine how where I'm going with this and how it made me feel. So she flips her you know she's flipping through her sketchbook and she's like, "I started seeing these things when I was a kid." She opens her sketchbook, and sure enough, man, she had a drawing of what I used to call the boogeyman. She had a drawing of three of them. Now, she was an artist, so they were very, very vivid. Uh, And she could see I lost color in my face for a bit. (laughs) And she goes, oh, oh, God. Uh, She goes, let's take a break. Let's get some air. I was like, yeah. Because, I I mean, I wanted to ask her about them, but I I literally froze when I saw them. I hadn't seen them. You know, or, yeah, I kind of put them out of my mind for the most part at that point. That would have been but such a, a head spin moment. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it just, uh, yeah, I don't even have words. I don't even have words for what that felt like. That was insane. It was absolutely insane. And it, it just, I mean, I, I, I thought I was hallucinating. It's like, there is no way this woman just showed me a picture of the thing. I mean, it was almost exact. I mean, it took me right back to that moment. And, uh, but it made me very curious. Why did she, why does she know about them? What are they? Like, maybe she knows more and she, you know, like, what, you know, cause these things tormented me. And she told me that, um, so she, we went outside to get a breath of fresh air. Cause I wasn't breathing. I turned green. I was like, oh my God. And, uh, and she's like, I said, what are those? I said, uh, and she goes, and she, again, saying that she had a psychic ability. She said to me, she was like, you see, you saw those, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. I, and I was like, what are they? Like, what, how, like, what do you, what is it? And she said that she looked into it, um, and she was a bit older than I was. Um, she looked into it, and it turned out that these, they had a name, and, and I, for the life of me, can't remember, but they were a, an entity, a type of entity that specifically attacked children with psychic abilities. Oh, wow. She said, yeah. She said she believed that it was a way to sort of scare it out of them. Because I turned it off. I turned, I, anything that could be seen that was not real in my mind, I did not want to see. I can, I, I turned it off. If, if there was something, a switch to hit, I hit it, you know? And, uh, because they terrified me. And that's what most experiences in childhood with any, you know, most encounters of any kind, they tend to terrify them. You know, these were tormenting. They, they kept coming back and they're, 
Their only goal was to scare. They had an element of surprise. They liked to peek around corners and pop out of nowhere with these big, big smiles. And and that's probably the most disturbing thing. And she said the same thing. She goes, yeah, they'll smile and they have very sharp, big mouth, very, very sharp teeth with big mouths. And she goes, oh, yeah, they, they, they go after kids with psychic abilities. And I, it just, it, it, it blew my mind. <laughs> I'll see that. It definitely blew my mind. So apparently it is not, uh, what I was seeing is, has been seen by other people. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, it was, it was, a. it definitely blew my mind. It definitely blew my mind seeing it at 19 by another person. And, um, yeah. It would have been a, a moment where it kind of just solidified everything else that you've ever experienced, I imagine. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think it, that may have been the worst or best part of it was I had convinced myself it was just I, I had an overactive imagination. That's what I was told. You know, um, <clears throat> I was ADHD as a child, which is not uncommon for people with abilities to have some sort of neurodiversity. So um, it wasn't completely out of the realm that I would have an overactive imagination, imaginary friends, or maybe even see things that weren't there. Um, what I, and so I kind of accepted that that's what it was. As scary as it was, I accepted that I just had an overactive imagination, you know? And that's what I was being told, you know? I mean, every, and, and that's, you know, as parents would do, you know, you're not, I, I don't, I can't imagine parents are to, you know, a three, four year old going, oh yeah, you're CNN and do you all right? You know, they're going to say <laughs> It's your imagination, <laughs> you know, to, just to keep you from being uh, upset, you know. And, and so I find it interesting that, uh, you know, that that she was able to validate that. Uh, interesting is not the word. It was kind of earth shattering. This was not just my ima- overactive imagination because other people see these things. They have a name. They have a, a specific job that they do, essentially. And so it, it kind of... Uh, it made me rethink a lot of things. Um, it definitely, because that would not have, by any stretch of the word, that would not have been the last time I encountered something that wasn't, uh, the science can't really explain, modern science can't really explain. So um, it was very validating. It was also quite fr- frightening to to accept that that wasn't in my head. What was your parents' reaction about all of this? Because I could imagine they would be like, oh, Shay's got a very active imagination but that would that would wear thin after a while yeah. if you're constantly being tormented by these things did they ever come out with like when you were older especially with a yeah look we thought something weird was going on or did it was it just never really addressed and now a quick word from our sponsor 
Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. So my mom, uh, my mother, so my mother did actually admit, you know, later, you know, when I did start talking about it again, because I didn't speak of it for many years, you know, and I think in the moment when I was very young and they were, again, they were young parents. So my mother had me 18, my dad was 20. So we're talking about, you know, a 23 year old and a 21 year old, you know, and I was their first child. So, you know, I think, I think a lot of it was they were trying to navigate it in a healthy way. I will give them that. I don't, you know, but I also think that uh, while it was happening, I think so my father was just trying to get me to be independent because he's he's a little bit more, I guess, uh, I don't know the word. I, I would say practical minded, but I think we're practical minded too. But, you know, he was a little bit more black and white when it came to that sort of thing. So he was he just thought, you know, I was. I was having bad dreams or I was, you know, overactive imagination. So his goal is just to get me independent and keep me sleeping in my own bed and stuff like that. My mom, you know, was very nurturing throughout it. But, you know, I do think she just didn't quite understand, you know, and and I do think that it it definitely were on their patience. And uh, but my mother was always very um, I don't ever remember, uh, you know, my mom ever being cruel about it or get or, or were saying or acting in a way that seemed very frustrated. And I would find out later <clears throat> that she herself didn't, didn't see any of those things, but she did not like that apartment. She says she always felt a very thick energy there, a very unsettled energy that, you know. So I think that there was a part of her that actually... So I have a funny story about it. <laughs> I think there was a part of her that nervously believed that there was something there because she could feel something so my my mom has a, a touch of me um, clairvoyancy as well but she wasn't seeing it she just she could feel you know and um but it one time i guess okay so this is, this is a little bit funny but one time she was listening in on me while i was playing in my room and i, I had this red rotary play phone it was a, an old phone and uh it wasn't hooked into the wall and I was talking apparently to Lydia on the phone and my mother was listening in and she could, cause she could hear me laughing and I was by myself. So she's like, Oh my, okay. But you know, listening in, yeah, the door cracked a little. Just that I was having a conversation where it very much seemed like I was answering someone and you know, she's not, not like kids. I wasn't making up a voice and it, it creeped her out so much that she like opened the door and asked me who I was talking to on the phone. Now this is the phone. It's not plugged in. And I told her Lydia and she, she told that she told me she goes, I like told you to go play outside or you know go go to your friend's house. I had a friend across the, uh, you know, just down the next next door, you know, go play next door or whatever. And I was like, okay. And I left. And my mom said she like nervously picked up the phone and put it to her ear and said hello. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> she she was like, I did actually think somebody might have been on that phone because you were like talking to someone and answering someone like you know in in a, in a in a one-sided conversation you know like where you're because i felt like i was hearing one one side of the conversation and she told me that in adulthood she goes i picked up the, she goes i felt so silly picking up this old phone that was not plugged into the wall and saying hello into the into, into it to see if anyone was it she goes but it i mean she 
she was like there was times where she really it, it did creep her out um so when we did talk about it in adult and in then in you know when i gave her the whole story you know she was she wasn't surprised uh, not one bit you know that that this was something I, I knew was not just in my imagination because then she started telling me, you know, of times that I, I creeped her out so much she started questioning herself, you know, like things that children just shouldn't do or be able to do or know, you know. So the red phone. So, yeah, I mean, they, they were as supportive as they could have been, you know, I think uh, given the circumstance that their child's running and screaming and pointing at windows and saying boogeymen are out there, you know, <laughs> I, every night, you know, as you do um but yeah it uh it, it stayed that way all the way up until uh i was about five years old when we moved into the house that i grew up in which was in the same town um near uh, dayton ohio and then um i actually didn't see anything in that house uh, i only saw one one thing one time and it it was a very unique experience um if you're if you're interested this one actually I didn't know what this was, but I think I do now. It wasn't one of the boogeymen, um, but it wasn't a human either. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, if you want me to tell you about that, yeah, that absolutely. brief one I had. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this would have been, I would imagine, a handful of months. It's still pretty new because I was still kind of on guard. So, when I moved into the new house, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that it would stop. You know, I, I imagined they would just follow. So I was kind of on guard of that. Well, after a handful of months, they didn't. I didn't see them anymore, and I felt safe. So um, I, uh, you know, was, you know, my dad was always very like, you know, go to bed at nine o'clock when I was at eight. You know, you're, you stay in, you sleep in your own bed. It was all about independence, which I think was the right move. You know, you can't be coddled for too long. But um, incidentally, though, a handful of months later, I. I remember, so we used to have a clock in our living room, and when it was noon, or like, you know, 12, uh, and 3, 6, and 9, it would make a little, like, uh, bong noise, you know? And uh, and I always knew that because at 9 o'clock we had to go to bed, and that was like, you know, my dad would be, it was like 8.59, and I'd be like, you know, as a kid, and, you know, look at like, it hasn't bonged yet, which they'd always laugh at, <laughs> it hasn't bonged yet, you know, the, the door, the, or the, the, the clock, but... So it, uh, anyway, I was out on the couch and I, I wasn't really allowed to be sleeping on the couch. You know, like we were supposed to be in our bed, you know, can't be up, up and about. And I woke up to that, that bong, you know, and it was 3 a.m. And <clears throat> that's what woke me up. So I woke up and I was out on the couch in my living room, which I would, I did not fall asleep there. And I'm a hundred percent. And if I had, my father would have moved me to my bed. Um, Cause there was, you know, it, it they just, you know, just how it is, you know, they didn't want us getting into things and whatnot. And so I woke up and uh, I looked around, I was very confused. So I was like, why am I on the couch? Um, and I'm looking around. So again, I'm maybe five years old. I'm like, why am I on the couch? And I'm like looking and I look at the clock and I'm like, you know, I'm not even sure I could tell time, you know, I'm just like, it's the middle of the night. I knew that, you know, so I'm like, oh my God. And, and where I was laying, you would have seen uh, the doorway to the kitchen. And I was just kind of laying there, confused on how why I was in the living room in the middle of the night. And I saw this figure come and he peeked his head around the corner and he was like a, a glowing white. I have no other way to put it. Um, he had kind of a block. I keep saying he, but, you know, it's, I saw it was a male. I don't know. He had kind of a block head um, and big round eyes. 
but he was not like the other ones. He had a smaller mouth and he peeked his head out and I was staring at him for a second. Now I've been awake for a minute because I've been confused, you know, why I'm in the, why I'm in the living room. And he, he waved at me and, and I just kind of looked and instantly, I mean, with, as soon as the hand went up to wave, it was almost like a friendly gesture. I started getting scared. I thought, I thought it was the big, you know, I thought they were back. And, uh, but I felt now this was the first, I would say like communication I had. And I remember this very distinctly. Like I remember feeling or hear like hearing it, but it didn't speak say it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. Now I I remember that like a hundred percent because I started screaming and I remember it saying that. And when I started screaming, you know, it, 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 it disappeared into a little kind of like a, I'd say a little static ball. You know, it just like vanished into like a little static ball. But it put its hand out to almost say like, you're okay. Like, you know, it's okay. But it still scared me. And I still screamed in its face. And I remember it almost changed its facial expression to a fear, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, you know, and, and then it, it disappeared. And it was the only time I ever saw that in that particular house. I never saw anything there. And that was the one thing. And it was another entity, but it was it was saying it literally said, it's okay, I'm not going to hurt you. But I, I screamed anyway. I was too traumatized from the other things. But I remember, you know, I thought on that for a long time, like, wow, that, what was that? You know, and because uh, it didn't look like the other ones. It was, it was just quite fascinating it, it, I mean, to look back on because that was it. And then I never saw anything in that in that particular house again, you know. Do you scare him but, off? Uh, What's that? Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm in the feeling I got, in the feeling I've had when I remember him, was that he was, he was friendly. He was almost, he was almost saying like, "You're, you're safe now. You're okay," you know. Um, but it's still, you know, I still screamed, you know, and and it, I mean, I was still just too. I think it was trying to say it's okay, but uh, you know, I just it, it startled me way too much, and uh, it, you know, it, it left. You know, when I screamed, unlike the other entities that would not leave when I would just scream, I had to tell them to get away. Um, so it was, and that was the only thing I saw in that house, um, in, in that particular house that I grew up in. Wow. It, it, yeah. it would have been such a, a scary thing not to know if these things are going to follow you to the new place, because I know you're rather young when you moved, but geez, I still think it would have had a bit of an impact on you to just be tormented over and over and over again and to know that you're going to move like that's that's yeah. the escape and not knowing if that's going to work or not that would have been terrible yeah yeah it absolutely was um i was on guard you know as a child for a, a fair amount of time um it was since we moved in there you know because i i you know i i didn't know you know, I, I didn't, I, I guess in my child mind, I, I didn't know if these things could be attached to a house. They were attached to me. I knew that I saw them all the time and they they attacked me only. I was the only one that could see them, which is also in and of itself a little frustrating because something that vile and, and scary as a child and no one else can see it but you. You're pointing at nothing, you know? And so there's a this feeling of like, and I'm like, why can't you guys see this? It's right there. Like, you know. Because they, they, they became more brazen to go in front of my, my parents, you know, but I, my parents couldn't see them. And I think that, you know, 
it just yeah it it did uh it did make me very very scared that i was always gonna see him um but i was you know i for whatever reason they stayed in that house and they they, you know i never I, i didn't see them again um and i didn't think on them you know too much i could remember them but i didn't think on them too much until that experience you know where i met the the other woman who had seen them and then you know even then i didn't I didn't want to think of myself as a psychic or, you know, having been special. I just, I still found it easier to think, well, you know, I, I tried to think of these were just in my imagination, but, you know, then it was like, okay, maybe a little validating other people see him, you know, <laughs> maybe I wasn't a crazy child after all. Um, but, you know, I don't know which is worse, thinking that it was all in your head or thinking that it was definitely not. So... <laughs> yeah that these things happen like that's a it's a terrifying thought to go oh was this was this just a a thing i made up or was this a genuine horror story that i lived yeah yeah absolutely and i think as a child you know you you look for parents and and adults for guidance and i was being told this is in my head so you know it was in my head and and you know i think i think that was easier to accept children have you know more vivid imaginations and you know i mean that that would have been easier i believe yeah. but um <clears throat> it it you know it it was very mind blowing to find out later that this was not an uncommon thing so that one thing that's one reason i wanted to share this with you um on the show is um i've actually spoken to a few people since you know uh, since this this ability of mine has has evolved in the last handful of years and i found that uh i I would say very common they're very common um for people to have seen um with any type of abilities when they were young and in particular again i want to revisit a lot of a lot of people that i know um you know near back home i know like probably three people who have some like sensitive who are at least sensitive and they saw something similar um, all three and they presented a little different with them but they saw something similar as a, ch- as a child that was not human um, you know and, and would terrify them and and what from what I was told by the, the woman the tattoo artist who showed them to me she said that um, and I could now I found this study she told me about it she found this study I'll tell you real quick of how these were discovered and it turned out she had told me about it you know when it was there it turned out it was a psychiatrist years ago whose child had was seeing these things and he couldn't explain it and yada yada and they did a study where they took uh yeah i think it was like a hundred children who were who were seeing things and kept them separate and had to they had them draw what they were seeing and uh some i want to say it was like something crazy like 90 percent of them drew the same thing wow um yeah and she had see now this was back before the internet was all over she had a book about it and I remember we like reading on it and being like, "Oh my god!" And then it was like, you know, he he was eventually, I guess, ostracized from the psychiatric community because you know, when you're like, "Hey guys, uh, I know we're here to study the mind, but you know, entities um, they tend to boot you out." So uh, he was ostracized for conducting, I guess, this um, this study to understand his tri- his own child more. But yeah, they had him; they kept them all separate and had them draw out what they were seeing, and they were all seeing. Um, about 90% of them were drawing the same or very similar things. Um, and it's all with the mouth, I guess, and the teeth. 
you know, they used, uh, that's that that was the thing is that the big smile it just terrifies children. It would terrify an adult, but oh, it terrifies ab- children. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Shay, I know that that those encounters are really kind of the the bread and butter kind of encounters of your life, but they're not mm-hmm. the only encounters that you've had because. You've had happened. You've had something happen to you rather recently that you uh, that you wanted to talk about as well. Yeah. So I've had, um, yeah, I've had quite a few things. So I'll I'll step back just once uh, to one summer. That it's all. I actually want to go into one thing that happened in a summer I spent with my grandmother when I was eight, and this might be the most terrifying experience with otherworldly things I've ever had to date <laughs> um if if you want to hear about that one and it, and it's it's it would be later so this would have been I guess about three to four years after we moved and so I've had three to four years of seeing nothing except for the one thing that was trying to tell me it was okay so life kind of returned to a normal childhood so to speak um until I went to my grandmother's um for the summer in Tennessee and uh, I'd love to tell you about that one because that one's probably probably my strongest, scariest encounter. I'm um, definitely keen for that. We we've got about twenty <laughs> ish minutes. So we can definitely fit that right. in. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, so this so my grandmother is this is my dad's mother. Um, she moved. They're from Tennessee. She moved back to Tennessee when I was about three. So when I was going through the all this stuff, you know. And so I didn't get to see her a lot. So when my younger brother was being born, my grandmother, my dad's mom, agreed to take me and my sister um, for, you know, it was supposed to be two weeks. And then we ended up being there the whole summer, just, you know, uh, while my mom had my little brother and my her and my dad got, you know, into the swing of a newborn. Um, and we were like just beaming, you know, because we never got to see my grandma. And, you know, grandma's always like, you know, spoil you and, you know, let you do whatever and. And so we, we went to Tennessee to stay there, and my grandmother lived in um, kind of one of those, uh, it, it, it's kind of a, a, a modular, like a, like a trailer uh, home for, you know, re- retirees and stuff, um, as you do. And uh, so the, the first, so the, the first encounter I had in this home, um, I was there, we were having a great time, and it started, so I would have been nine years old I think so that would have made my sister like maybe five six I made her six yeah um and it started by me waking up so I was sleeping on the couch in the living room my sister was sleeping on the love seat and there was a coffee table in between us and uh I woke up and I saw my younger sister sitting at the coffee table um yeah I get chills just telling this uh with her hands folded on the coffee table and she was looking up at the ceiling. It was kind of like she was praying, but she was looking up at the sky, smiling. And she was very still. And I, I woke up and I... And there was kind of a, a light shining on her, like a moonlight almost, it felt like, like coming in from the window. And, I, and she was not transparent. It was her, you know? And I was like, what are you doing? And I was I, like, I said that to her. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Go back to bed. Like, get back to bed. You know, I was like confused. Like, why are you up? Go back to, you know, like lay back down. And it didn't move. 
And I was like, you know, Tara, get up, go to bed, go to bed, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, I, I was so confused. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to her, but she's not looking. I mean, it was very odd. She wasn't looking at me or acknowledging me. So I looked just up a little bit where the love seat was, which would have been like kind of up against the wall where my head was. And there my sister was, my actual sister, um, sleeping. Yeah. And so uh, I looked back at, at the coffee table, which is just, you know, two feet away. And um, yeah, it, it was still there. And so I'm, I'm looking back and forth to see my actual sister and something that looks just like my sister smiling blankly at the ceiling. And I'm, you know, a six-year-old looking up and with her hands folded and I I I mean as soon as I kind of collected what was happening that you know and, and mind you in my head I'm, I'm thinking somehow she's doing this you know it's a trick I, I I don't understand it you know so I I bolt screaming to my grandmother's room I pound on the door I wake her up and she comes out she's like what's going on and I'm like trying to tell her I'm like Tara was at the coffee table but it wasn't her and, and I mean, I'm not making any sense, you know, I'm like, it, it, no, Tara, because then my grandma's up like, are you getting out of bed, Tara? And I'm like, no, she did. She was in bed. I was, she's in bed. But there was there was she was also at the coffee. I couldn't explain. And I remember just being like something that looked like Tara was at the coffee table. Like I had no other way of explaining it. And uh, I made my grandmother sleep like, <laughs> well, I didn't make her, but, you know, she chose to sleep in the in the living room with me and I remember the whole night um she was down on the floor just by the you know laying down until I went back to sleep by the couch and just kept my hand down on her so that I could tell she was there because it's it absolutely terrified me and throughout that summer you know I loved being there I loved spending time but it kept happening and it was odd because it was it was always surrounding my sister it would um it would mimic her and I would see her when it wasn't her um like I remember I I went into the my grandmother's I went into my grandmother's um house um to grab a pop and uh I saw my sister in the hall but it didn't quite look like her so that was what it would do and I was like confused and I and I was like what are you doing and then I like was walking you know I was like what are you doing and I kind of looked staring at me funny you know I'm like what are you doing and I walked back out of the you know the house just because I'm like weirdo and then I cut turn on the corner and then my my actual sister is outside and I was like how, and I was like how did you do that how did you get how were well, you were just inside how did you do that and it I mean they're always they were confused the whole time because I'm like what is happening like I just saw Tara inside I just saw her inside she was in the hall staring at me and then of course I'm like oh my god it didn't quite look like her you know and and then there were times when I would be looking at my sister or my sister would be talking and it would start to change her face and now that was probably the most disturbing thing it would distort it or at least make me think that I it was distorted um <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that went the whole time, and it it was really uh, it was beyond terrifying. I would call my mother like, "I, I want to come home. I want to come home." But then, you know, again, I'm I'm also being told it's my imagination, and you know, they're kind of laughing, teasing me because what I'm saying doesn't make sense. You know, my sister is here. How did she do that? She's playing tricks on me, and it was just whatever this entity was was mimicking her. 
And I mean, it absolutely petrified. I just, I, you know, I, to this day, I just get chills thinking about what that was like. And, uh, you know, but I, I didn't want to go home be- necessarily because I loved being around my grandmother and I knew, right, you know, we were going to be seven hours away and I wouldn't be able to see her for a very long time when I went home. But then I had a point where I was like, I just, you know, I begged. I like, I want to go home. And that was it. We left, you know. Um, but we kept wanting to stay. And then it was like, you know, it, the, it was happening. And then it started happening more and more until I until I was like, I want to go home. So I would say I would say the first encounter happened about um, maybe about at the two week mark. So I was having a good old time. And then after that two week mark, it started becoming more and more frequent. I started seeing her when she wasn't there and, and it would change her face while I looked at her. Um, it, it, you know, I, I, it just would, it never really harmed me or hurt me physically, but it would, I mean, it would, it would, it would impersonate my sister and it would distort her face while I looked at her. And I, it, there was, I'm an adult saying this now and I'm like, I was not in my head about that. That definitely happened. <laughs> um, and I had a psychic reading once who, who asked me about it. Um, out of nowhere, I hadn't told a soul. Like, I was far too, like, how do you tell that to somebody, you know? Um, and I, I remember getting a psychic reading, and one of the first things that he said was, tell me about your grandmothers. And, you know, I'm like, oh, or what do you want to know? playing coy. And he's like, no, tell me about that's, that's, he goes, you were there for a little while. And it was, it's terrified you. Tell me about that. He, and he knew. He was, and I'm like, how did, and he was very good. I'm like, how did he know that? I've never told anybody. But he, he did explain to me what he believed it was, which, you know, um, I don't know. It, <laughs> it, it was, uh, by far the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen, ever had to be a victim to, I guess. <laughs> That is terrifying. I have yeah. no no other way to to really put that because I've heard of mimics before. But yeah. to to have this thing do it multiple times, yeah. that is just absolutely yeah. nightmare fuel. And ha- how do you how do you even approach talking about that to someone? It's that's impossible. It, it is. You sound, you know, I, I mean, even as, as an adult, when I say it, you know, I have to be careful I word it because it's like this thing only impersonated my little sister. And for, you know, for some reason. And, but as a child, yeah, it was almost impossible because, you know, a part of me did not, you know, this is tangible and intangible. In my mind, I'm like, how is she going from the, the hall to outside? <laughs> you know, how is she doing that through the one door, you know, that I'm going through? How does she, you know, and, and a part of me is like, she's, she's playing a trick on me. I mean, I mean, but she wasn't, I knew she wasn't. And I think when I realized, I mean, I realized that very early on with the first encounter, because I literally saw her sleeping, but you know, your mind can't, I think that's what ma- makes mimics so terrifying is your mind cannot wrap your head. It just can't, it just cannot wrap its head around that. <laughs> no, not at all. And like trying to explain that to, to someone would be impossible it is yeah it's even difficult to tell you now you know like it's like it it would just yeah it would mimic her and it would it would distort her face you know like but it wasn't you know actually distorted it was just making me think it was distorted you know so 
and it, and just like a, a weird like her like uh I remember one time she was looking down and her nose appeared to be like elongating and pointing and one thing and I actually saw this I read about this in another encounter which oddly shouldn't have made me feel good but it did because I'm like okay so this is how I learned about mimics I didn't I didn't know about them you know until you know, I was a little bit later but you know and uh one there was a woman who had a daughter that it, it did that with and it would mimic her and she said one time when she was like leaving the house you know they were leaving the house um she saw her daughter and it had distorted her daughter's face or made her think it was um you know so the she said she looked at her daughter and it was not her daughter her daughter had big black eyes and had a big you know unrealistic fake smile which i'm like yes i used to do that too it would you know make you know which i know sounds insane but i'm like it is absolutely what happened it was it was you know like just even when i tell you can hear me i'm starting to stutter like when i talk about it it just it rattled me and i mean it, it it's still to this day is probably one of the most terrifying encounters i've encountered some ugly things um but yeah that definitely um that definitely was one of the worst and uh but you know the whole area that i grew up in um in dayton i mean i uh and I would be very curious that there are any listeners because I'm like, y'all, it's haunted over there. Like, I just, I can't, I never, everyone I know it has an experience and I don't know what it is about that area. I mean, it just, there there are so many haunted houses. I mean, there are so many haunted places there, um, unlike any place I've ever lived. So, yeah, yeah it's uh I always wonder if there's some sort of a, of a connection. You know, I can't help but wonder if there's some sort of a connection um, with that, why that area is so haunted and, and, you know, what the, maybe even what the rumors are surrounding it, you know. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, Don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.